Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, again, we thank you so much for this time that we are about to have with you, Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, that you shall speak to the hearts and the minds and the spirits of every single listener that is out there today, O oh Lord God. Minister to them wherever they may be. Heavenly Father God, we know that you are a loving God and it is not your will that any should perish, O oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. So I pray today, O oh Lord God, you know what's going on in their lives, O oh Lord God. Touch them where they are, O oh Lord, and speak to their hearts. This I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Again, welcome to Genesis 1. Pastor Mike, I'm glad you could join us. Today, right out of the box, I just want to say, why don't you hit pause for a second, go and get your Bible, get a pencil or a pen or something, and maybe some note paper or something to take some notes, mark up your Bible. Uh, there's nothing religious about that paper book that you're looking at called the Bible. The words in it are the holy words of the living God. But do not be afraid and think that you are, 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 are destroying your Bible by marking it up, okay? So praise God. We're going to start out today. I want to talk about, uh, <clears throat> I want to talk about, about lies, you know. And um, the Lord knows that we need to do everything possible to keep ourselves free from fear, anxiety, and stress that would be all around us in our lives today. Many times the source of these anxieties and fears are caused by lies sown by the devil himself. So I say to you today, do not let the devil lie to you, okay? Do not let the devil lie to you. He uses lies, tricks, smoking mirrors, and shiny objects to distract and to deceive us. He is indeed the ultimate liar. Jesus said also that the devil is a liar, and he's the father of lies. And with that, if we go to John 8.32, go to John 8.32, John John chapter 8, verse 32. Okay. See, this is what Jesus is saying about the devil now. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you... He's talking about himself there, first of all. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me, because my word has no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the words of the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Now listen to this. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would have loved me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Okay? You cannot hear my word. Again, Jesus was talking so way above their heads because their eyes were not spiritually opened. Their eyes were not spiritually opened. They did not want to hear what Jesus had to say. Verse 44 says, You are your father, you, you are of your father, the devil. 
you are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? And, and if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God hears God's words. You therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. Okay? So that's an amazing statement that he's delivering to them there. Saying, if you are of God, then you would hear my words and you would understand my words. But you are of the Father. You are of your Father, the devil. And the devil is indeed the father of lies. Realize and remember that the devil cannot make us do anything. But he is a master deceiver who is very experienced at making people believe anything that interferes with God's plan. Remember, he's the father of lies and deception. Jesus, in contrast, is called the way, the truth, and the life. And his plan for each person to experience truth and live life more abundantly. That's his plan for each person to experience truth and live life more abundantly. Where he says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. If Jesus is, is your way, then it means that you can't get lost. If Jesus is indeed the truth, then it means if you are abiding him and you're listening to him, then you cannot be deceived. Okay. And he's the life. That means that you now have access to eternal life. Amen. Amen. So we see here that Jesus is called the way, the truth, and the life. Here are some lies spawned by the devil. Here are some lies that cause us to experience fear, anxiety, and stress, contrasted with the biblical truth that sets people free from those fears if they will believe and trust in God's word. As simple as that. First lie I want to talk about, a big one, is the big lie that is called, I can't. Okay, I can't. It starts with, I can't, the I can't lie. The worst thing about the I can't lie is that it stops us before we can even get started. Amen? The I can't lie, it stops you before you can even get started. It fills us with fear as we face our biggest obstacles and challenges. And some of these, we can see in scripture, some examples of that, how the I can't lie, how I can't, I can't, I'm not able, builds up and can stop us before we even get started. Let's go to Exodus 3.1. Exodus 3.1. Exodus 3.1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Now that right there sparked his curiosity, because whoever saw a bush or anything burned that doesn't get burned up or consumed. But this bush was burning with fire, but it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place whereon thou stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face 
for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Let me just pause there for a moment. The same way God saw the affliction of his people in Egypt, God sees your affliction, okay? Make no mistake about it. He knows what you're troubling with. He knows what you're wrestling with. He knows the things that are going on in your life. He knows where you're struggling. There may be some personal things that you're dealing with, some personal habits, some personal bad habits, whatever it is that's going on in your life. There is nothing, absolutely nothing that God cannot manage. So he sees that, okay? And he hears what's going on. Just, just trust that and remember that. He says, I hear, I, I see the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of the taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. God knows your sorrows and he hears your cry. When you're praying at night or when you're during the daytime, maybe in your car, maybe you're going into a meeting, maybe you're going to meet with a, a family friend or something going on that, that is really troubling you and you're crying out to him, he hears that cry. He hears that cry, amen? And it says in verse eight, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come up unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Underline, please, I will send thee to Pharaoh. So God's telling him now, I'm going to send you on a mission. I've got a job for you to do. Send you to Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth uh, the children, uh, and I, that I, I'm sorry, uh, who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children out of Israel? He said, certainly I will be with thee. But before we pause there for a second, just pause for a second, go back to 11 because I want you to see something that, that's popping up. Verse 11, Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Who am I? There's that first, I can't. Who am I? Here he is underestimating his ability that God is about to put in him. In him. Now, he should realize that if he saw this bush and it was burning with fire and wasn't being consumed, then God starts talking to him out of it. That obviously is God. I mean, he felt that it was because he said that he bowed down before the bush and got on his knees and God told him, take off your shoes. The ground you're standing on is hallowed ground and all of that. So he knows he's speaking to God and God said, I'm going to send you on a mission. And right away he says, who am I? See, and again, it's that I can't. And we get into that so many times. God may be preparing you for something, something he wants you to do. Maybe you've been praying about something and you've heard the quiet voice of Holy Spirit within you saying, this is what I want you to do. Here's step A, here's step B, here's step C. And then you start thinking, well, who am I? How am I going to be able to do this? In essence, you're saying, I can't. You are disqualifying yourself before you even get started. So let that I can't lie creep into your mind. Don't let those words, I can't, creep into your, your, your vocabulary. Try and rule it out, okay? Try and rule those words out, I can't. Moses says, who am I? God says in verse number 12, and he said, certainly I will be with thee. God will be with you too. Whatever God is wanting you to do, whatever you're feeling in your spirit, God is driving you to do, you feel impressed to do, then he's going to be with you. Certainly I will be with thee. 
And this shall be a token unto you that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and say, shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. I am that I am. Those are powerful words. That means that God is who he is. He's all self-sufficient. He needs nothing. He needs no one. He is totally, totally, totally in himself. He is that he is. He's already always existed and always will exist. He is the power of the universe. He's the power over everything, everything seen and everything that is unseen. God is indeed, I am that I am. And if the I am, the great I am is sending you on a mission, if the great I am is telling you what to do, then do not start saying to yourself, I can't. Don't start speaking failure to yourself before you even start. Those I can't words can be truly, truly paralyzing, truly paralyzing. And then if we we continue on down here to Exodus 4, verse 1, Exodus 4, verse 1, we see here where Moses is still kind of, kind of fighting it, okay? And he says, and Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, the Lord has not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. He cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. He put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they might believe that the Lord God of, of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, now put thine hand into thy bosom. He put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. His hand had leprosy on it. And he said, put thine hand into thy bosom again put his hand into his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom and behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. So it was healed. It was healed, miraculously healed. And it shall come to pass if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice that thou shalt take of the water of the river and pour it upon the dry land. And the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. So God is telling Moses here, do not be worried about this mission I'm sending you on, about this journey to set the people free. Do not be worried. I'm going to be with you. And furthermore, you're going to show them signs and wonders. You're going to show them miracles. So he's saying that you have the ability. Okay. You have the ability, whatever God is sending you to do, whatever it is that you're praying for, for God to do in your life. When God does tell you what to do, don't be taken aback by God's instructions because he will indeed give you the capabilities, perhaps outrageous capabilities to succeed in what he's sending you to do. 
So he told Moses, these are the things that I'm going to tell you to do and for you to show unto the people. And then he goes on and he says, verse 10, and Moses said unto the Lord, O Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. There it is again that I can't lie, that I can't lie. He's saying, I, I stuttered. Basically, this means that, that he stuttered. He was slow of speech. He didn't have eloquent speech. So again, he felt incapable. How many times do you feel in, in, incapable? How many times perhaps has God wanted to prepare you to speak before someone or to speak before a group of people? Maybe God wants to raise you up, you know, to, 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 to address crowds of people or to address those in your office, in your school. And you are afraid to get up before people and speak. If God is telling you to do this and this is a part of your job or it's a part of your class assignment or whatever it may be, and you pray about it, God, God, God will give you the words. Don't be worried about how you speak and how you sound or how you pronounce your words. Maybe you do have a stutter, but God indeed will take care of that. So this is what Moses is saying now. I'm slow of speech. I have a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, who has made man's mouth? Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? God made Moses' mouth. God made your mouth. All right. God is in charge of what comes out of your mouth, if you let him be, that is. If you let him be. Then 12 says, now therefore go. I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. And through these scriptures, God is saying to you today that he will be your mouth. And he will tell you what to say. If you're being called before someone, you've been summoned before someone, maybe something is going on before in your life. Maybe your boss has called you to the office or maybe the principal or whatever it is. You have to, you're being summoned before someone and you don't know what to say. God will give you the words to say. God will give you the words to say. The Holy Spirit that is in you will speak through you. He'll give you the words. So do not, do not be afraid. Do not say, I can't. I will not be able to. I'm insufficient. I don't know how. Do not get caught up in that. Verse 12 again. Now, therefore, go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, I send. Send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Okay, the Lord, Lord's getting impatient now. Okay, see, and that's possible for us too. If God is telling us he wants to send us to do something or tell us to do something and sending us on a journey or sending us before one, someone, and we keep coming up with these excuses, God can get impatient with us also. So you got to learn to trust him and don't be worried about it. Stop saying, I'm thinking, I can't, I can't. God is saying, you can't, and I will work through you. So you have to trust him on that, okay? And so as the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he comes forth to meet thee. And when he sees thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be, be with thy mouth and his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. And he shall be, even he shall be, uh, be to thee instead of a mouth. Thou shalt be to him instead of God. Thou, thou shalt be to him instead of God. 17, and thou shalt take this rod in thy hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. And Moses went and returned to Jethro his father and said unto him, let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. 
And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace, go in peace. All right. But you see here, Moses was pushing back against God. Again, I can't, I can't, I can't. So if you're feeling that, you're not the only one in history that has experienced that. You're not the only one in history that has experienced inadequacy. Now here, this is a mighty man of God. You know what all Moses went on to do. But look how he started out with this, with the I can't lie. We also see that if we go to uh, Joshua 1, go to Joshua 1, Joshua 1 verse 1, you see there another, another instance here where it, it's, it's kind of, it's implied almost, all right, about the I can't and so forth, or at least wonders. Verse number one says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses. So I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Right? Now, right out of the bat there, I'm sure Joshua must have felt some, some, uh, some hesitance here. He said that you're going to follow in Moses' shoes. Moses, it says, after the death of Moses, the Lord spoke to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people. That means now God is expecting him to do what Moses was charged with doing. Joshua had seen Moses in operation. Joshua knew the ups and downs and the challenges that Moses had and so forth. All right. But Joshua said, now God is putting me in this place. Scripture here does not indicate that, that all right, he said, I can't, I can't, I can't. But the Lord was still strengthening him and told him there, there shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. He goes on to say in verse number six, be strong and of a good courage for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. God is saying that to you today, that he is with you. Be strong and of a good courage because he is with you wherever you go. And you will prosper. You will be okay. You will be okay. It might not seem like now. It may not seem that things are going to be okay, the, the predicament that you're in right at this moment. Remember what God is saying, the promise that God has made, made to Joshua, God has also made to you. All right. Be strong and of a good courage. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate while you're in this time. Meditate therein day and night on the word of God, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, for then, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. All right. So that's the only caveat that God has given you so far. You follow his words, read the word of God. Don't, let, don't forget about what the word of God is saying. Don't let it depart from you. Then your way shall be prosperous and you should have good success. 
Verse 9 closes out by saying, You have not I commanded thee, be strong of a good courage. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Stop thinking I can't. Stop thinking I can't. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. All right. Then it says in the beginning of verse 10, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the host and so on. So Joshua did and started out to do what God told him to do. Okay. But remember that verse nine, highlight it, write it on a piece of paper and, and put it on your refrigerator and the mirror in your bathroom where you're getting just so you can see it every day. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. Okay. Wherever you go. So let the devil fill you with that lie about I can't. The devil, even through other people sometimes, will try to fill your mind with the I can't. Okay. With the I can't. You know in, uh, in 1 Samuel 17 there where, where David was about to go against, against uh, Goliath, there, his brothers tried to discourage him there. Who are you? Nothing but a little shepherd boy. Why are you here on the battlefield? Tried to discourage him. Tried to make him think that he can't. Okay. Thank God David did not listen to that. And he went on forward. So some of the lies that we hear from the devil, in addition to I can't, is uh, the lie that God won't. God won't help me. God won't help me. Well, God wants to help you. God has said in his word that he will help you if you just trust him and if you just believe his word. So don't listen to that lie. God won't. The other lie that hits our minds a lot of times is that nobody cares. This is a lie from Satan himself, the accuser. Okay, the accuser. Because of what you've done, nobody cares about you. The devil whispers in your ear. God cares about you. God cares about you. The other lie is that, is that you don't matter. You don't matter. Who are you to think that uh, God is going to do anything for you, that God is going to help you? Well, to, to God, you do indeed matter. You do matter. For the word of God says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's John 3.16. John 3.16. The other lie that the devil puts into your mind is that it's too late. It's too late for you to even achieve what you're hoping to do. It's too late. You're at this particular point in life. You've reached number of so many years of age and so on. So it's too late. It's too late. That's a very powerful lie of the devil. The feeling, the feeling of futility becomes his tool to intensify despair and fear in you. That it's just simply too late. So what's, what, what's, what's the point? Why should I carry on? Why should I continue in this direction? It's simply too late. Lies such as, I, I can't overcome alcohol. I can't overcome drugs. I can't, I can't break this habit, whatever that habit may be. Everything I touch just turns out wrong. These are lies that the devil plants into your mind to hold you back from succeeding. I can't succeed, he plain out tells you. I can't find a job. I can't follow, follow uh, God. Everything is can't, 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 can't. The very negative side to make you think that you're just at a standstill, that you, everything that you're doing is just hopeless. In contrast, God is your success and the one who makes you succeed. God is your success and the one who makes you succeed. Let's go to Philippians uh, 4, verse 10. Philippians 4, verse number 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked nothing. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned 
in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Please underline that. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith be content. So no matter where you are right now, be content. Be content, even though it may seem like you have nothing to be content for. God is there. God is, 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 is in your case. Believe me, he's, he's on your case and he's going to get you to where you, you need to be. So no matter whether you're doing well or whether you're not doing so well, it feels to you, be content because God has you in the palm of his hand. He says in verse 12, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Please underline that or highlight it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you can. Don't listen to that thing about I can't. Listen to that lie, I can't. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. If you'll simply turn to him. Turn to him right now. Take a moment, hit the pause button and just just, just go into, into prayer. Or just cry out to the Lord, help me, give me strength to get through this day. Give me strength to get through this week. Give me strength to get through this month. Give me strength to get through on this important meeting that I have coming up or this important operation or this procedure that I have to do. Help me to stop worrying. Give me strength. Give me strength. Give me strength. The Lord will indeed give you strength if you just trust and wait on him. Verse number 11 is specifically about Paul learning to to handle both plenty and poverty without being distracted from life's purpose. Okay, remember, do not get distracted. And devil uses the can't lies, the can't lies to get you distracted so easily away from God's purpose for you in life. If God is indeed the great creator, if he knows us, if, if we will one day be rewarded for what we have done, then we may assume that he has a plan for us, something that we can accomplish. God doesn't develop a plan for us that we cannot accomplish. Now we know that we, we can't do everything but we can do anything that God wants us to do. Let me say that to you again. We can't do everything. We know that we can't do everything, but we can do anything that God wants us to do. And that simply includes overcoming our sins and failures by his grace and with his help and accomplishing his will for our lives. Whether the task is something people consider to be too great or small, God looks on the heart and the very act of seeking to serve him is a path toward success. Amen. Path towards success. Did you realize that failure is an essential part of success? Let me ask you that again. Did you realize that failure is an essential part of success? For a just man falleth seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. That's in uh, Proverbs 24, verse number 16. Amen. Read that again. Failure is an essential part of success. You have to have a failure at some point. You will experience it. For a just man falls seven times and rises up again. So if you failed at something before, don't be concerned about it. Just rise up again. Get off of your get get off of your duff and get into some serious prayer. Get into some spiritual warfare. Don't worry about the failure. That is indeed a part of on the road to succeeding. The only way to never fail is to never try to do anything. You want to be sure not to fail and don't do anything. Okay, just lay there in bed and, and you know and and just 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 wallow in your in your in your pity and your sorrow and so forth. And you and you you won't fail at anything, but you won't accomplish anything either. All right, I mean, remember that. The only way to never fail is to never to try to do anything. So don't be afraid to attempt 
that which God is leading you to do. It is through prayerful and biblical wisdom that you will succeed. Do not fear, I say again, do not fear and believe the lie of I can't. Do not accept the lies. God won't help you. God won't forgive you again. Do not accept that. Do not accept God won't hear you. God won't love you. These are real common lies told by the devil. Okay, he sows them into our, into our minds so quickly and so easily. However, God is ready for those lies. God is ready for those lies. He's given us the ability to see and to spot those lies before they can do, into, do any damage, before they can get into our minds and fester and grow there. God has given us a gift for that, and it's called discernment. It's called discernment. Amen. Now, what is discernment? Discernment in the Bible is the spiritual characteristic of sound judgment for perceiving the difference between right and wrong, good and evil, truth and error, and identifying God's will and direction for his people. And why do we even need this discernment? Let's go to 1 Kings 3, verse 1. 1 Kings 3, verse 1. And Solomon made affinity with the Pharaoh king of Egypt and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into, uh, into the city of David until he had made an end of building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David his father, only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give thee. God asked him in a dream, what shall I give thee? Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on this throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. So Solomon is saying, God, you've given me this great responsibility, but I don't know what to do. He's saying, I'm so, I'm so inexperienced here. I'm so inexperienced. I don't know how to come in. I don't know how to go out. I'm experienced. You want me to do this great thing here? I don't know what to do. Verse 8 says, And thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant. This is what he's praying for. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern, there's that word discern, on the, side, on the line discern, that I may discern between good and bad. We need to be able to discern between good and bad, especially in this day and age. There are so many lies being, being spewed out there that we need to know the difference between a lie and a truth, between good and bad, between, between good and evil. We need to be able to know. We need to be able to discern it. And this comes into, into be very, very important when the devil is putting those lies in front of us. Lies into our head or lies through other people, lies through our family members, lies through those that love us even. They can even be lies. But with discernment, we'll be able to 
to figure out the difference in what's going on. Let me just read 9 again from the beginning. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, this, thy so great a people? So many people here. Who is able to judge him? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Okay? The Lord liked the fact that Solomon was asking for discernment. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for anything uh, has not asked for thyself long life, neither have you asked for riches, nor has you, have you asked for, for the life of your enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. But has asked for yourself understanding to discern judgment. So you don't like the fact that Solomon, out of all the things he could have asked for, riches and so on and all of this, he didn't. He wanted to have discernment so he could help to lead the people. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any rise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all these days. So because of the fact that he didn't ask for riches and all of that, that he simply wanted to have discernment so he could properly lead and judge the people and be fair to them and wise enough to lead them and know how such, so many, he said, this is a great nation. There's so many people out here. How am I going to do this? And because he didn't ask for riches, God said that because you didn't ask for that, okay, because you, you didn't, he says that I am going to give you both riches and honor so that there shall not be any like you among the kings until the end of all these days. And if thou shalt walk in my ways, to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. So on top of all of that, he says, I'm going to lengthen your days. I'm going to bless you with a long life. You're going to have riches and everything because of the fact you simply showed me that you wanted to have discernment. Maybe you need to stop worrying about and thinking about what's happening in your life right now. If it is a financial problem, Maybe stop praying for the money or for the finances, but ask God, Lord, give me discernment so I can know what to do. Give me discernment so that I can separate good from evil. Give me discernment so that I may know that when a lie is coming my way, that I will be able to spot that lie. Okay. Think about what can you do to further God's kingdom, God's work in your life. Pray for those things. Give me discernment. Open my eyes, Lord, that I may see. Open my ears that I can hear. Open my heart that I can understand. Give me discernment. Pray for those things and watch the other pieces will just fall into place. Because then you will gain the ability to be able to spot that lie that the devil tries to sow into your mind. And again, that lie can come at you through other people. They can come to you through that TV screen, come to you through an email, through, through a, a text message. I mean, there's so many ways that the devil has today to get lies into your mind. So you need to be able to make sure that you can discern and understand the difference. If we go to 1 Corinthians 2, 9. one Corinthians 2, 9. You see, it says, but I. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So you can't even begin to imagine what God has prepared for you. 
But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things which are freely given to us of God. Doesn't cost you a thing but some time and but some prayer. Doesn't cost you anything but for you to love the Lord and want to know more and all that you can about him. Which things also we speak, verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The Holy Ghost is the one that gives, it gives you the teaching. No man. I can stand up here and read this Bible from cover to cover to you. Okay, but it is not me that will really make revelation go off in your mind. It's the Holy Spirit of God that's in you. It's the Holy Spirit of God that is in you that when you hear these words, there'll be a quickening deep within your spirit to make you realize that this is truth and how this is how this applies to me. This is the Lord speaking directly to me at this point in time in my life where he knows what's going on. This is the Lord witnessing to my spirit through his Holy Spirit. He teaches all things. And through discernment, this is how he works. You'll hear someone speaking and you'll know that it is not true. You'll hear someone speaking and you'll know that, yes, this is a good thing. You'll hear someone speaking and you know that they're trying to discourage you, that they are, are trying to stop you. They want you to go astray. You'll hear and you'll know through discernment because this is how the Holy Spirit works. Amen. Amen. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Underline that, please. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. People that don't know the Lord, without the Holy Spirit, the things that we say, the concepts that we espouse, the things that we suggest that people do or urge people to do or not do, and you tell them why you don't do it, it'll be foolishness. It'll be foolishness to them because they're not spiritually designed. They don't have the Holy Spirit. The natural man cannot be, be guided by Holy Spirit. The man that doesn't know the Lord cannot be guided by Holy Spirit. So when we speak of these things, it seems like it's foolishness. And I'm sure you've heard you know, some of the nonsense over the years, the cliches. How can you believe in, a, in, 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 in an invisible God? You know, how do you know that God exists? You know, so many, so many, so many things that are said that are so foolish because they do not have the Holy Spirit of the living God. They simply cannot understand. They don't understand what you're saying. They certainly don't understand what God is saying because they can't hear him. They don't have Holy Spirit. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. Okay, they're spiritually discerned. He that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Okay? Right? So the Holy Spirit indeed drives that discernment that is in you. Discernment that is in you. We see that that discernment is also a gift. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. In Corinthians 12, verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, one Spirit, the same Spirit. 
There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. Okay? The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to benefit him. To every man that is born again, to every woman that is born again. There are the, uh, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit or to benefit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit uh, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, of various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretations of tongues. But all these worketh that one and all the selfsame Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. This is the Holy Spirit deciding and giving these gifts. So, so, so uh, discernment is one of those gifts. Okay? And if the Holy Spirit has given you that gift, it is to benefit you. It is to benefit you. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit or to benefit you. So that means that if he's given you this gift of discernment to profit you or to benefit you, then why don't you use it? Why don't you use it? Then it'd be so quick to accept the I can't or I won't or God doesn't to accept those lies. Don't be so quickly uh, 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 driven by and making decisions by a lie that is being sown into your mind, into your spirit by the devil himself. Okay. And then, of course, we cannot believe every spirit. Final scriptures here in closing 1 John 4. 1 John 4, 1. 1 John 4, verse number 1. Again, so many lies out there. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Okay, is of God. Every spirit that can confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is of God. Right after the battle, I mean, if you hear someone that doesn't accept Jesus and doesn't believe that he died and was resurrected, someone, I mean, no way am I going to be listening to anything that comes out of that person's mouth in terms of guiding my life or making a decision or something I should or shouldn't do. No way. Anyone that cannot acknowledge that fact, I, you know, they, I will certainly speak with them and talk to them as Holy Spirit so guides perhaps to save them but I'm certainly not going to be taking advice from them or going by anything that they say to me or any lie that they throw my way, telling me I can't, I won't, I shouldn't, and so on. Okay? I'm not going to believe anything that comes out of that person's mouth without judging it through the Spirit of, Holy Spirit of the living God. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ, uh, I'm sorry, verse number two, hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Okay? It's not saying that this is the Antichrist. The Antichrist is one specific individual that will be coming, surfacing, if, if he isn't, isn't already out and about there. Okay? But there, the, the spirit of Antichrist is any spirit that is against Christ, Antichrist. And there are many Antichrist spirits out there. We hear them speaking on TV all of the time. <laughs> We read some of the things that they write in the newspapers. We read some of the things that they put online. There are many antichrists out there. 
But the word of God, they're saying it right there in number one, believe not every spirit, try the spirits whether or not they are of God. And trying them is where you use your Holy Spirit discernment. That's how you try them, okay? Verse number four says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in, in the world. The he that is in you is referring to the Spirit of God. Greater is the Holy Spirit that is in you than, than he, the devil, that is in the world. Remember that. You have the Holy Spirit in you. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. The scripture talks about the world. It's talking about non-believers, unbelievers, okay? Okay, the world. They speak of the world. They speak of the things that the unbelievers believe and say, and the world hears them, but they won't hear you because you're speaking the truth of God. You're speaking the truth of Jesus Christ. You're speaking the truth that Holy Spirit gives you, and to them, that's foolishness. But the other stuff, they that are of the world, they hear it, and they listen to it. Okay. You ever think of it, you don't find it curious that you'll hear one person say something or write something in the news or on TV and so forth, and especially those that you know are non-believers or unbelievers, and, and, and then, then you know someone else across the world or someone else in another state, another country, another thing, they almost say exactly the same thing. It's almost like there was a memo that went out, and they're all parroting and repeating back the memo that they read. They're all saying the same thing. Sometimes, even verbatim, word for word, the same lie they're spewing out, almost word for word. Okay. Well, the memo did go out, so to speak. A, a demonic spiritual memo, so to speak, went out. Okay. And it put into their minds, this is what you should say. This is the lie that you should say. I just find it uncanny, that's all. When you see people on, on two unrelated channels, two unrelated newspapers, almost, they almost say exactly verbatim, word for word, what, they're saying, what the other person said. Okay. Because in a way, the memo did go out. A demonic spiritual memo. But this is the position that you hold. This is what you say. This is what you tell the people. This is what you want the people to believe. Try the spirits. Try them. Try them whether or not they are of God. <clears throat> we, are, we are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay, let me read that again and please highlight it. It's verse number six. We are of God. That's you, that's me. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. Anyone that knows God will hear you. Anyone that knows God will hear you. He that is not of God hears not us. Okay, people that don't know the Lord, they do not hear, they cannot comprehend, they cannot understand what we're even trying to say to them. Hereby know you the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay. So with discernment, very important, you'll know when truth is being spoken and you'll know when error is being spoken. Okay. And spirit of error, by the way, if you really delve into, into our, um, you know, the analysis of these various spirits, you see that spirit of error, error sometimes can even be quoting scripture, but the devil has them twisting it and making it say something that the scripture is not intending. You see a lot of that today, a lot of that today. Okay, okay. The devil knew scripture and tried quoting it to Jesus, and then Jesus shut him down in a heartbeat. Okay. So by it, we we hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Amen. Amen. So here you've got plenty to work with here in terms of what we should be looking forward to. Don't be falling for, for lies. Get that I can't out of your vocabulary. Get it out of your thoughts. Get about, you know, God doesn't love me. God gave up on me. Or I've sinned too many times. And 
God, God doesn't this, God doesn't that. I can't, I can't, I can't. Don't go along with those lies. Ask for that spirit of discernment. Use your discernment when God gives it. You've got the Holy Spirit in you, so that means that you've got a level of discernment right there. Develop it, cultivate it, so that you can see and know what's going on around you and in your life. Amen? Don't go for the lies. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, give our uh, web address to others. We can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net. Look at the top of the page and you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that and you'll be notified when these messages are available. Uh, we're on YouTube, Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. And of course, we have our free apps for Android and Apple devices. And those free apps can be downloaded from the from the uh, respective play, uh, play stores. Amen. Um, also, why don't you come by and visit us and join us for a live live uh, worship service on Sunday. We start worship service at 1030 and we can be uh, found at uh, the Candelaria Terrace area of Salem, Oregon. And the address is 2651 Commercial Street Southeast, 2651 Commercial Street Southeast uh, here in Salem. Uh, come on by at 1030 services start. Come by and fellowship and hear the word and and, and, and let Holy Spirit just minister to you. Amen. Hope you can come and join us. Praise God. Praise God. We, we love you and just keep keep tuning in. The Lord has a lot to deliver, deliver your way. So just stay tuned. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And now we pray that as we go through the balance of the day and the week ahead of us, O oh Lord, that we shall remember these words, O oh Lord God. Let us be, be, be bracing ourselves and looking out for those lies that would come our way because we know that the devil is out there through many sources trying to lie to us and discourage us, O oh Lord God. Let us remember these words today. Lord God, give us discernment. Let Holy Spirit always guide us, guide our thoughts and our actions and our speech, O oh Lord God, and all that we say and do, O oh Lord. We praise you, Lord God. We magnify thy most glorious name in the name of Jesus. I pray that you all go forth and be blessed. In the mighty name of Jesus, and remember always that Jesus is indeed Lord.